Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, January 29th. I'm Eric Schmid. In rural areas, a lack of access to high-speed internet can mean not being able to do some things that have become common or even necessary during the pandemic. Yeah, with my current internet provider, there's no way that we could Zoom. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the situation is so dire, some think improving rural access to the internet could be the thing that bridges the rural-urban divide. But first, days after reports of Missouri ranking last in coronavirus vaccination rates, the state health department says Missourians are not showing up for their second dose of the coronavirus vaccine. Ted Delacath is a consultant from the McChrystal Group, which is working with the state to implement its vaccine rollout. He said in a Tuesday briefing with vaccine providers that people are frequently missing their second vaccination appointments. That's becoming a bigger and bigger problem as folks who receive their first dose, don't show up for their second dose. Delacath declined to say how many second appointments have been missed, but he says it is causing logistical issues for the state. Doctors say if people skip out on second doses, states are less likely to reach herd immunity. And in Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker is defending his administration's rollout of the coronavirus vaccine in the face of criticism that it's been slow, confusing, and chaotic. Reporter Hannah Meisel has more. A New York Times analysis tracking state's daily COVID vaccine distribution puts Illinois at 47th in the nation for getting at least one shot into residents' arms. But Pritzker all week has said the Times is using outdated data, and on Thursday said Illinois' vaccine distribution numbers have been increasing this week. Uh, We're going in a, a good trajectory. I'm excited, frankly, about the fact that between the Biden administration's increase in the number of doses and our build-out of all of these facilities to deliver those doses, you're seeing the effect of that in the record number of doses administered yesterday. Since December, Illinois has received nearly 1.8 million doses of vaccine, but a little over 800,000 of those doses have actually been used so far. I'm Hannah Meisel. Congresswoman Cori Bush is teaming up with a Massachusetts senator to identify and fix environmental problems in minority communities. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on Bush's new bill with Senator Ed Markey. Bush and Markey announced legislation on Thursday that would require federal agencies to create maps of environmental problems. Both Bush and Markey say this would strengthen President Joe Biden's pledge to spend a certain percentage of federal environmental-related funds in low-income and minority communities. Bush, who represents St. Louis in Congress, says this proposal would give Biden's administration a better sense of how to direct those key federal funds. The problem that we have is not having all the information or not having accurate information or having so many um, holes in um, the information that we need. Biden pledged earlier this week to steer 40 percent of environmental related money to traditionally disadvantaged communities. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Sticking with the environment, some Madison County residents worry the planned destruction of an old coal-fired power plant in East Alton will send a dust cloud over some communities in the county. The smokestacks at the Wood River Power Station are set to come down Monday morning. 
Tony Oplett chairs the Metro East Green Alliance and a group of area residents focused on environmental issues. She contacted state and local officials asking what regulations exist for coal power plant demolitions. Not once could anyone ever definitively say, well, this company will have to be accountable. There really isn't any entity who can step in and say, you cannot hurt this community by your actions. Oplett says she's worried the demolition in Madison County will be a repeat of what happened in Chicago last year, where a similar smokestack demolition sent toxic dust over one of the city's lower-income neighborhoods. Commercial Liability Partners, which owns the plant in East Alton, did not respond to a request for comment. Donald Trump won two-thirds of the vote in rural areas in the last two presidential elections. Those numbers underline what some see as a growing divide between rural and urban parts of America. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports one suggestion is to bridge the divide by increasing high-speed internet access. Sarah McKee lives on a county highway in rural Missouri. The closest town is St. James, with a population of 4,000. She's a nurse practitioner working on a graduate degree. During the pandemic, reporters have relied on Zoom to do interviews. McKee couldn't talk to me that way. Yeah, with my current internet provider, there's no way that we could Zoom. I had some classes as well that were done via video chat, and um, it would often cut out freeze. Um, I've had it happen in an exam. McKee says she had to drive into town and find a free Wi-Fi hotspot to finish that exam as part of her nurse midwifery degree. Her husband is also working on a graduate degree, and her two kids are doing remote learning during the pandemic. She says the situation is untenable. It's so slow that when I ask some IT friends, it's actually measuring slower than um, dial-up connection would be. McKee says she and her husband have considered moving over the matter. That's exactly the kind of person the Washington, D.C.-based Brookings Institution was thinking about, when they published a policy paper on how the Biden administration can unify the country and appeal to rural voters. Tony Pippo is the lead author on the report. He says too many people think that the way to take care of rural areas is with huge agricultural subsidies. Pippo says that sector makes up only 6% of employment in rural areas. Much more of service economy is becoming uh, important in rural areas. Uh, much more small business and and entrepreneurialism, and you just can't be connected to the way the economy works right now if you don't have literally the bandwidth to be connected. Pippa is recommending the Biden administration make a huge investment in expanding rural broadband access, backing up the infrastructure with personnel to make it work, and using that as a flashpoint for real economic development. Casey Canfield is a professor at Missouri University of Science and Technology who studies rural broadband access. She says the Brookings report has some merit, specifically the part of the proposal that suggests rural broadband expansion focuses on homes. Canfield says that would support the growth areas of remote working and self-employment. That type of employment really benefits from having broadband access. And if we think about providing broadband access to homes, that might really help facilitate that type of job creation. But is better internet access enough to change the hearts and minds of rural voters who backed Trump for two elections? Crystal Golnick thinks it can, at least for some conservatives. She runs a communications business from her home about an hour outside of Kansas City, where the internet access is very poor. 
She also works with some rural areas on programs to improve broadband access. Golnick says if improved broadband leads to more jobs and a better quality of life, it will open some eyes. And that's coming from someone who's not, you know, political one way or the other. <laughs> so I'm looking at the, the interconnectedness and, and what it really means to people. It's less about personalities in office than it is in making sure that we have the resources we need as a country. Tony Pippa of the Brookings Institution says four years isn't a lot of time to make significant and noticeable changes in rural access to the Internet. But he says if the Biden administration moves quickly, funds programs well, and cuts the bureaucracy to implement them, it will send a strong message. I think that will matter. Will it bring everybody on board, you know, politically speaking, four years from now? I'm not sure, but I think you have a much better shot at it than uh, if we remain with the status quo or just try to tweak around the edges with what's actually in place right now. Rural broadband is already on the Biden administration's radar. Expanding broadband or even wireless broadband via 5G to all Americans is a bullet point on the Biden-Harris plan for rural America. But it's one of 10 bullet points on one plan at a time when dozens of priorities need a lot of attention and money. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Wayne will be back on Monday. I'm Eric Schmidt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.